Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. So today is a blast from my past and somebody that's very dear to my heart, uh, one of my dear friends, Sam Murphy. Now, this is interesting because we haven't really spent much time together in the last four or five years. And during that period of time, she's really kind of took in her life and turned it all over upon itself maybe a few times to really refine what's true in her heart. And so we're going to look at this journey of discovery and listening to yourself and what might be perceived as like the outward appearance of having the most ideal life, but internally, you know, it's not, and how do you kind of step out of that and redefine yourself? And that's exactly what Sam did, you know. Um, you know, she's entrepreneur, we were business partners, like a whole bunch of different stuff. So I'm excited to have her and to reconnect today too. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's so fun being able to like catch up and connect and do this and hopefully serve you guys out there. So I'm very excited. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. So I, I want to, you know... Uh, years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you you had a medical company, yep. right? And you know you had what was perceived from the outside of you know you were you were your own boss, you were making good money, you were traveling a lot, you were you know always on the go and busy. And but in t- inside, I know because you know I was there with you at that time. You were it wasn't satisfying. So can you, can you explain a little bit about where you were yeah. and what was kind of going on with you? And then, yeah, you know. totally. I mean, the thing I think that I really struggled with at the time, and I think a lot of people do is feeling, you know, having this life that looked awesome on the outside. I was running my own company. I was super young for doing that. Like having the medical company, I was successful, I was making good money, I had great friends, I was traveling all over the world, I was doing all kinds of awesome stuff, but ultimately on the inside, I realized, and I'll talk a little bit more about that, but ultimately I realized that I was you know, depressed and dissatisfied, and then I would feel guilty that I wasn't happy. You know, and so I had this life that looked amazing and I started getting in this habit too of chasing happiness, that I'd Mm. have something, chasing happiness outside myself, that I'd be happy when, that I'd be happy when, oh, I changed careers or or when I got in the right relationship or or when I moved to the right city or when I did this right thing. And I think that's so common for a lot of people that we do that. It's it's so common. I mean, everybody feels like the answer to their inside is outside. Exactly. But it's never. Right. And that it's going to be in the next thing or the next place or the next person, you know? And so I started getting in this habit of, you know, my life again looked pretty awesome. It's like I flew fighter jets with my dad and filmed a reality show and climbed Kilimanjaro. And, you know, it was always adventure. If Instagram had been big back then, you know, (laughs) I was really living the dream, you know, it looked really good. And looked good on paper or photos. (laughs) Yeah, it looks good. And ultimately... You know, it took, I was, I was at lunch with a friend actually, and she said, honey, I think you're depressed. And it was one of those things like hearing it reflected back to me. It was just the tears came and I was like, oh my God, I think you're right. You know, and really started to, at the time, I didn't really know what I was going to do about it. You know, I took some, and I I was like, okay, well, I guess I get some medication. I don't know. (laughs) You know? So then I went and I got some medication and at first I was like, oh, maybe I was depressed because like. You know, I was at that place where I didn't wake up excited for my day, but I just thought that was part of being an adult. I thought that that was like, well, par for the course, you know? All I knew about depression was kind of like what you see in the commercials, like the the heavy end of it, you know, the suicide or 
the more severe, I guess. And so I didn't really ever even think about it in varying shades or grades, you know, that. And how many people don't, I mean, that's an important part to kind of notate is that, you know, should or shouldn't is irrelevant, but really if you put that kind of energy to it, we should wake up excited that we get this journey of life. And if we're not, right, you know, like, a little exploration and reflection is, is warranted. I was not that savvy at the time to know that. Um, but, you know, and again, I didn't realize depression or dissatisfaction. I just thought that, yes, waking up not really excited was, I really thought I had arrived in adulthood. And I was like, here we are, you know. <laughs> Another day. <laughs> I literally didn't even think. And I did kind of have an inkling that I wanted to do a different job at the time. Yeah, I remember that. You know, that I was thinking, I was in the medical field, but I was thinking I always wanted to go to art school and I wanted to pursue something. So I largely thought that, again, here we go, when I change my job... <laughs> I'll be happy because I did know that I was denying this piece inside myself of what do I want to be doing? And then I did the, what should I be doing? Yeah. Very fear-based, you know, well, this makes good money and what's going to make my parents proud so that they love me and I'm taken care of and not going to die homeless on the street. You know, all the irrational thoughts that you can have in your brain. Um, and I had these fears and I didn't realize any of this at the time. You know, it wasn't until, so again, I realized that I'm depressed. I'm in that place. I know that I want to be doing something different. I always thought and had this longing that like one day I was going to do something or that one day I was going to do big things. Like I knew that that was meant for me, but Mm -hmm. I had no idea like how or when or, you know, and to make it worse, I felt guilty that I'm like, people are dying and starving. And here I am having this life that is pretty awesome. But, you know, and, this, and then you wonder, like, am I just ungrateful? You know, do I need a gratitude journal? Like, what's really going on here, you know? And just to remind people or anybody out there that if you are feeling, you know, you're successful and you're dissatisfied, you're not a bad person. Yeah. You know, that that doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It just means that there's some things inside to explore. Yeah. And so for... And some of that could be who knows what. It could be something that's stuffed inside since you were, you know, really little or whatever the case. So it's not even about, like, the current reality because you can look around and you can say, well, I should be happy because... Mm -hmm. All my needs are met. I'm doing these amazing journeys. I have this. I'm creating that. Whatever the case may be. But if there's unresolved issues. For sure. You know, they need to pop out. Otherwise, they're going to keep on. They're going to seep out, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the little jack in the box. Yeah. I was was really good at burying things. I remember one time I was talking to, I can't remember if it was a therapist or a healer. You know, I've sought out many along the journey. And she said, how do you feel about something? And I said, well, I think, and she goes, I didn't ask what you thought. I said, how do you feel? I said, then I don't know. I, I'm just, I don't know. I've been pushing those down for a long time. I'm not sure where they're percolating or where, you know, and I just got in a habit and it served me oh, for yeah. a long time, yeah. you know, but then became a pattern and things that were unresolved. So absolutely to stuff being buried or squashed or. Yeah. And sometimes it's a, you know, I mean, I, I speak for myself a lot of times, you know, just to get through the day, sometimes, you know, you, you have so much responsibility that I can't be bothered by feeling my emotions. So I'm just, you know, I can go to those later, but I got to do this. I got to show up. I got to be responsible. I got people that are depending upon me. And then before you know it, you start to lose track of how to access your Totally. Well, because you don't go to it later, right? Like that's all fine and good. And I can remember, you know, being relatively young, looking in the mirror and being like, I don't have 
time to cry, you know? Being a, <laughs> but like being pretty young, you know, like too young to be doing that. Like now being a mother, I'm like, oh, I hope my baby's not doing that, you know? Um, but yes, you know, and so that's a good point. Like, of course there's responsibility. And I think some people too, when they hear maybe a statement like this, oh, you need to feel all your feelings. That in itself yeah. could be overwhelming to them. And it's okay, we don't have to cry all the time and be, you know, touchy-feely, but realizing that yes, you have responsibilities and to handle it and you know, but at some point taking the time yeah. to come back and remember how to access or even get curious about how to access. <laughs> Getting curious, at least having the desire. Cause yeah, cause then you forget that you don't even, yeah, I mean, well then it, when you live life without accessing, then, you know, okay, well, this is easy. I can make it through, but then you're not, you're numbing yourself, right? Cause your emotions work on a spectrum, right? Yeah. So if you're trying to take these away, you're taking these away. And before you know it, you're living in this little mild gray area that life just isn't that totally. fun. And one of the indications too, before actually the conversation with the friend that said, maybe you're depressed. One of my <laughs> things that was like, Hmm, this seems weird is very much. I had numbed like numbed. I didn't realize it at the time, but I wasn't really super sad. Again, I just was like, oh, this is normal. I wasn't having these big lows, but there was really none of this. I remember my dad and I flew fighter jets and we land, like legit fighter jets. Like we do it with like the people that stunt movies in Hollywood, you know, like a fighter jet, you know, not like somebody's like I a remember fighter that. jet. Did you they... do that with him for like Father's Day or something? Yeah, I think it was one of his birthdays okay. and he was so excited, you know, because he always wanted to be Top Gun. And <laughs> so... We land, and he is what I deem to be probably the normal response, just adrenaline and, like, so amped and so excited. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, that's weird, you know? So then in the moment, I think, maybe that wasn't intense enough for me. So I tell my dad, I'm like, let's go skydiving tomorrow. And he's like, okay. You know, he's, like, all amped up. So the next day, we jump out of a plane. Again, here we are. We land on the ground, and he's like, same response, like, all jacked up. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, this is weird. That's weird. You know, just very much, again, suppressing it and this baseline of nothing. That's weird. I'm like, hmm. You know, so then I'm like, you know what? When I go to Thailand, I bet you. You know? When I go to Kilimanjaro, I'm going to get the top of the mountain and be like, I don't know what I thought. The, like, clouds were going to part and the angels were going to come out. All that happened was I was like, I got to I think I might barf. I didn't realize that climbing with oxygen was like an option. We didn't do that option. You know, but I, again, I just kept thinking that like, oh, this thing is going to complete it and fix it and heal it for me in some yeah. way, shape or form. So the way. So, so then you do all this stuff and then you realize your friend hits you or it says it to you. I think you might be depressed. Right. You have this realization that, oh, maybe these are all the aha moments from feeling nothing, jumping out of a plane or flying a fighter jet or climbing a mountain. Yeah. You know? Like. To totally. And I can't even remember exactly what order. Like, she may have even told me somewhere in the middle of the series, you know, but I was still, like, finding my way about it. I was like, man, maybe that's wrong. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just going to take these medications and then it'll be fine. You know, I'll go climb Kilimanjaro. <laughs> and I was on meds at that point. But again, I'm just like... Okay, but maybe that's not totally fixed my whole situation because I still am not feeling the joy that I feel like this person next to me is experiencing. And so the way that the universe beautifully does and orchestrates things, it intervenes or God or whoever you believe to be the person out there. So I get pregnant, beautiful surprise, um, and it forces me to stop running. Yeah. You know, it was this. You had to stop I, and... 
I had to stop. And so being pregnant and, you know, I, and two, I, not that I recommend this, but I didn't know what to do. I was afraid you're growing a baby and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to take these meds. I don't know what they're going to do to the baby. So I'm like pregnant, hormonal, all new things. Um, I like stop, you know, taking medication and I'm like, okay, which way? And not that I, I, you know, recommend that check with your doctor, do all the things that you're supposed to do, (laughs) you know, but I was like, okay, what am I going to do? You know, I want my son. And I really just started to reflect on my life. of the, how was I operating? And that's really where I think I got privy to looking back and realizing fear completely ran the show. Mm. I made so many decisions, not based out of where I wanted to be, where I wanted to go, what I wanted to create, but really out of how am I going to survive or what's going to keep me safe or what would my parents think? Or I had this weird obsession of what would my old bosses think? (laughs) Who cares right but it was very real for me like yeah. it's comical now but it was one of those things where like rationally I'd think about it and I'm like well, who are they and does does that really matter and you know but at the time yeah. but it, you were putting that you were giving your power of instead of you being the driving force the opinions of others and the the perceived opinions of others because totally. who knows how they would even view it but that perceived opinion of others kept you from taking action of what you really want. Yes, and it's a beautiful, amazing point that it was a perceived opinion because once I launched my coaching business, one of my old bosses reaches out to me and he's like, hey, I need your help. I was like, oh man, I'm not in medical anymore. And he's like, yeah, I know you do coaching, right? And I'm like, oh. He's like, yeah, I need your help. You gotta help my daughter. And I was like, oh. So really it translated into, I was really good at that. So they assume I'm gonna be really good at this. And I was like, oh, thank you for that message. That was really unwarranted. But yes, I realized I was not in the driver's seat at all. Every fear, obligation, guilt was absolutely running the show. And I realized too, as I looked back, I wasn't even aiming for success. I was really, it would look sometimes like I was taking risks or doing things. And I would have moments of wild bravery and courage where I would do something really bold. And then I'd hit, okie dokie, maybe that was, you know, but most of the time, It would live in this place where, you know, I just, I wasn't even aiming again for what I wanted or I was operating out of like, if I didn't think that I would succeed, I realized I wouldn't even do it. Like if there wasn't a pretty good calculation that it was going to go well, it didn't go. But... You also had a pretty good belief in yourself because I mean, you you did a lot of amazing things and you did try risk, but calculated risk. Thank but. you. Well, and thank you for reflecting that back, right? We're not perfect. It's always still in the process, you know? But yes, I would, in certain areas, really brave and bold, and then in others, not so much, yeah. you know? And so it was just fascinating. So here I am realizing that I, I had this dream that I always wanted to, you know, I wanted to go for my dreams, and I wanted to do something in the arts, and I knew I wanted to help people, and you know, so now I'm pregnant and you're growing something and you're thinking about, or I'm thinking about like, what do I want for my son? Number one, I want him to know that anything is possible. Wait, can I just stop? I'm pregnant and I'm growing something. <laughs> growing a beautiful new life is what I mean that I'm growing. I'm, I'm growing something and I'm thinking about what am I going to do yeah. with my life? No. So there's this life inside of me and I'm thinking about what am I doing with my life and how do I nurture and foster this beautiful yeah. and curate this tiny human to believe that anything is possible. Yeah. You know, because in my life, in certain arenas, again, I had that confidence that I knew I could do certain stuff. But then when it came to other things where I would really hinder and completely doubt myself and not even try, 
Yeah. Not that I would go for it and fail because then I would have learned or ruled it out. It's just I was like, oh, maybe eventually, maybe possibly I'm going to do that. And so what really it came down to is so this time of, you know, wanting him to know that anything is possible and how do we operate and desensitize to failure and risk. How do you know that one thing I love about Sarah Blakely, I heard her say one time, the Spanx founder, okay. in an interview that her dad would sit at the kitchen table, which I'm definitely going to do this with my children, and he would ask every day, what's one thing they did that they failed at? So it completely desensitized. It was like, and it was rewarded and celebrated that they did that. And I just thought, that is so amazing. I like that. Yeah. You know, and so thinking about how can I, Colton is my son, so how can I raise Colton and what do I need to change and do different in my life? How can I totally turn this around Mm -hmm. and switch this and reevaluate that I'm not going to operate in that way anymore? How do I, moving forward from this point, set the example for him of you can do it, chase your dreams, falling down is okay, we just get back up, and really being able to do that. So that was really the impetus of a lot of inner work. (laughs) Um... Yeah, and really saying, okay, how do I do this for him? And completely changing it. I mean, I moved cities, changed careers, entered a new relationship, and had a child all at the same time. I wouldn't necessarily recommend them all at once. It was intense. Um, but, you know, I was just, those are those moments, right, where <laughs> I'm like. When, that's when you jump and you I say, just, I mean, come on, you went skydiving and fighter jet in the same, like, 24 hours. So, I mean, you know, totally. if you're going to do it, do it big. Yeah, doing it. And so really just through that process and doing a lot of work and really a big piece of it for me was gaining clarity on what did I want. Yeah. And, you know, being honest about it because I think that there was this judgment or fear of judgment of like, oh, I don't know if I want that. Like some people are starving. Is it is it selfish yeah. to want that? Is it bad to want that? So I think for a long time I would like turn down really my desires thinking, oh, maybe that's not okay or yeah. You know, and that was a big piece. And then gaining the clarity, not only on what I wanted, but really differentiating. And this is something I see with my clients oftentimes, because I work with a lot of people who, you know, were me, you know, that (laughs) successful, ambitious, driven, dissatisfied. Maybe their career is amazing, but their relationship is not where they want it to be or different things like that. Yeah, and who better to help those people than somebody that's been through it? I always think that that makes the best coach, teacher, mentor is, you know, you, you have to understand it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember when first getting into coaching, I was like, oh, what are my credentials? And somebody was like, oh, your life? life? And I was like, mm, you're, you're right. I have done that. I, I guess I could help somebody through that. You know, and this was like when I first saw, you know, the beginning before doing any certifications or credentials or anything. And so, um, so getting clear on what I wanted, but then also what I was identifying with that I thought that goal or achievement was going to give me. Yeah. Because I realized there was a lot of misalignment for me that when I got this thing, because it's fine, and this is what I work with clients with, it's fine to have a goal or to want that thing. You know, an example, let's say a million dollars. Yeah. Somebody just say, I want a million dollars. And then what I'm going to ask is, what is that going to give you? Yeah. Or what do you think it's going to give you? What do you hope it's going to give you? How is it going to make you feel? And if we can really identify, okay, it's safety. Okay, how is it going to provide safety? It's going to provide it because I don't have to worry about bills and this and that. It's like, okay, great. You know, there is a very possibility that that's going to provide that. But looking at oftentimes what can happen, and in my case was true, is what I thought something was going to give me was misaligned. Yeah. So I would get there and I would get the thing thinking it was going to give me something and it wasn't going to give me that at all. You know, so really identifying what was I looking for? 
what really makes me feel that way? How do I already have that in my life? How can I cultivate more of it? And of course, still going for those goals, but being realistic of what they're going to provide and yeah, offer when you get there. And what you really want out of it, right? Yes. Because if you chunk it up to those kind of categories, you find that, you know, it reminds me of a client that I had that wanted a car so that he could, you know, or wanted a job so he could have a car so that he could have a girlfriend, you right, know, right, like, you know, like, and it's like, okay, well, you know, you want to feel wanted. You want to have this relationship. Maybe those things, you can have the car, you can have the job, you can have all of that, but why don't we work on allowing yourself to love yourself so that you can attract that love? Totally. And just like you're saying, and I'm sure you see it because it's not uncommon, and I see it often too, it's, yes, they thought the million dollars is ultimately going to bring them companionship or something else yeah. when, well, what if we looked at or respect or something, but it's like, well, what if we actually identify the real desire and then exactly like you're saying, put the energy over here or repair the relationship if already in one. Yeah, because mm -hmm. then you'll be so much sat more satisfied when you have all of that. And it's not to limit somebody. They can create and do and have whatever they want, whatever number, whatever thing, yes. whatever, whatever type of depth of relationship they're seeking, you know, but... It's, it's, so it's not about limiting and sacrifice and saying, oh, well, then that's, you know, but it's about what is it true totally. to you? And then take that and you're going to be how much more happy on the journey of doing all of the exploration and the experiences or the travel or the money or whatever mm -hmm. that that's going to give you. Exactly. And one of the things I think that I realize and I think is common too is we get in this habit of just going through the motions or we did what we thought we should do or what our parents would be proud or we're in this thing and we just keep going and we don't take that time to pause of where we even, not even, you know, there's a disconnect between what we want and how it's going to make us feel, but even just the, where are we going? You know? And, and when people don't have that future vision, that's something I see that can happen a lot too with clients that I work with. Again, that like ambitious driven person that in the beginning, when they first started out, they were very clear on where they wanted to be. And now let's say they are running the company or doing something and now they're feeling stuck and overwhelmed. A lot of- Because it's just a hamster at that point. They've, because there's no new goal. Exactly. They've lost the future vision. They've lost that progress. They've lost, where is it outlined in the calendar? who they need to be to get there and where are they doing that? Where are they training or cultivating hobbies or doing the different things? And so it's that continual process. You know, so mm. often people, if at all, evaluate <laughs> goals or vision once a year, New Year's-ish, <laughs> you know, but that really being a continual process to revisit, you know, even if it's once a quarter, it doesn't have to be something that's overwhelming. It doesn't have to be every Sunday night, you know, yeah. but tuning in and being able to to revisit what it is that they want so they're clear on it and that they can make that progress. I believe it was Harvard Business School that did a study where they identified the progress principle think, saying that people just felt more satisfied and happy on the days that they felt that they made steps towards or made progress towards their goals. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be huge steps. And I'm sure you see that too. Even if it's these little baby steps, you know, that get you falling asleep at night feeling proud and accomplished yeah and it's a, the same principle of why like the the checkoffs mm -hmm. like you know little journals or apps on the phone that if you can check off to-do lists that act of checking off actually stimulates some form of satisfaction right totally but it, it's also you know like on a, on a larger scale like you know I've said, I've, I've said this before in different podcasts but I mean the day that we stop learning and growing is really the day that we die totally right? we're either and growing or we're dying, dying. Yeah. yeah and so 
if, if we're not sitting there and allowing ourselves to become better, we're evolutionary beings by nature. Yeah. We're always going to try to be, learn something more, learn it deeper, learn the next level, uh, experiencing something different, go to a different place. I mean, there are like sometimes the creature habit principle in there, but there is that strive in some areas. And so, you know, how do you get clear on that and feel that you are still, there's a life worth living, not you're just on autopilot. Right. Cause again, it's that, that hamster wheeler, you know, I feel like so often we see it in the movies, you know, where the guy gets up and he makes his coffee and he drives to work in traffic and he gets there and he goes to the water cooler and he drives home and he has the, the microwave meal and it just, just keeps going over and over and yes where's that that growth or that novelty and I just like, see that so clear in my head I was like seeing this like little like mousy guy with glasses in his little garden right Sorry. it's so it's so common though that people get in that and yeah, it's we just, all have been in that at some point you've been in that point, I've been in that sure. you know like it's like here we go again another day it looks the same as yesterday mm-hmm. okay here's tomorrow it looks the same as the day before you know and it and it feels that way it looks that way and then we, that's why we crave excitement or why vacation is so important because this break mm-hmm. is disrupt. But every day could be a vacation. Every day could be a new experience, even if you're, Exactly, you know, with clarity and intentionality of what we want to make it all. You know, one of the other things I think that reminds me of when I used to be, I used to think calendars and scheduling was very confining. I was like, I'm smart. I don't need that. I'm not going to schedule all my stuff. How trapping. Because freedom for me is a big core (laughs) desire, right? Being able to feel like freedom and that I can go. And I have since realized. I know. You're like, I I was like, who are you? You're like, oh, these, let me check my calendar. And here's these dates and da, 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 da. And I was like. This isn't the you same. Use a calendar? <laughs> yeah. Didn't used to. <laughs> and even like, you know, grabbed a juice right before this and like you're like, oh yeah, that weekend and this and this and that. And I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> yeah. So one of the other things, I was really averse to using a calendar because to me it felt kind of confining, like spontaneity I always loved. And I still do, but it's like having a child that's slightly different, you know? Um, but I realized that the more we can schedule and the more we can plan, the more freedom in our schedule we can actually create. Because if mm. we've identified what's important to us and where we want to do it, the next thing I feel like that I know that I used to miss on quite often, and many of my clients do too, is let's say you've got the clear vision. You have the clarity on where you want to go. Maybe you even now know the five steps that are going to be real needle movers in that topic. When are you doing them? Because if you haven't put it, if it's not scheduled, it's not real. Because, you know, today becomes tomorrow and tomorrow becomes the thing and then the kids and then this. I like and that. Those five needle movers. When are you doing them? When are you doing them? You know, because even if you've identified the thing and you've identified what I, and how many of us know what we want to do. And it kind of just keeps going on that to-do list, but we move it from today to tomorrow because something else pushed it out. Yeah. And so if we're able to open up the calendar and look in there and see where it is, one of the things too, and Brendan Burchard wrote a book called High Performance Habits where he studied high performers and he defined high performance as like sustained performance so saying high performance over a period of time. So no yo-yoing. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That you're here. And that one of the things that he says that he finds in common is you can open a planner or a schedule of a high performer and you can see where things are occurring and where the growth has happened. You know, it's all in there. You, you can see they know who they need to be in that next chapter or to achieve that next goal. So there's a seminar here or there's the vacation here. And the more that it's all assigned, also there's a piece of your unconscious that can relax. Because let's say you and I are both very smart and capable, and this is how I used to operate. 
I'm very smart. There's these five things. I know I need to do them. But when I have not written it down and scheduled it, it's continually swirling back here, causing anxiety, perhaps. <laughs> Stress. So if you can literally dump it and say Thursday at four, your unconscious can release that and say, it's Thursday at four. I don't need to worry about that anymore. You know? And so with these things being assigned and planned and plotted, then too, what I've realized now is I'm like, oh my gosh. Look at, I'm going to achieve that within 30 days. You can see kind of this vision and mapping of yeah. where you want to go and when it's going to happen in some realistic time frame. And the other thing that I love too that I did not do, well, there was many things I did not do, um, but that's okay, we learn and we learn yeah. to be able to share, is really looking not at just goals in one area. When I work with clients, I really love, we need to look at all areas yeah. so that there's not this mutually exclusive. Well, I can have the financial success, but my relationships will suffer Yeah. or I can have this and this has to give. So really looking at what is it that we want to achieve in that, all those arenas and realizing that, you know, if it's a circle, we can expand the whole thing together, that there's yeah. room for all to grow. It's not like a pie chart where there's limited room and one <laughs> has to press out the other, you know, but I didn't have a lot of vision on that of just what did I want to create for my life and with intentionality and how did I want to do it? And then when I did, it was kind of like shotgun, like maybe this, maybe that, but definitely never this whole, you know, I don't know the word that I want. I feel like since having a child and not sleeping enough, sometimes I'm like, it's on the tip of my tongue. It means, it sounds like, but you know, that whole approach, right? Yeah. Like the whole picture of what are all areas going to look like? What's your spirituality? What, you know, Yeah, growth, because family. otherwise if you're, you know, there's a, that, that wheel of life that looks like a little spork and exactly. like you rate it and like, and, and you do like a zero to 10. And if you kind of do a connect the dot thing, if, mm -hmm. if it doesn't roll, if there's a, it, it, yeah. it's, your life got a flat is, tire on this side, your life isn't going to go good, you yeah. know? And so people forget that, you know, yeah. I mean, and you see this all the time, like a business could be really good and relationships could be suffering and then somebody's still unhappy. Right. Or, mm -hmm. you know, they're re really good in relationship and finances or career. And then their health is a shithole, totally. you know, like, and so it's like, how do we, how do we create all of these things? Cause you don't want to just keep on like, here's a leak hole and you're plugging it, but then there's another leak over here and then you're trying to plug it and then you're constantly doing. I used to be real big on slapping on band-aids, <laughs> usually with a new relationship. <laughs> I'll fix this. <laughs> Once you love me, all will be fine. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never does, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think that that's just so common. And often I think when people think about goals, a lot of times, you know, not that this is wrong, but just with society or what we see in our culture is, okay, what are my financial goals? Yeah. Or maybe relationship comes in, you know, like I, I know that I want to be married, but I want to do this in my career and this in my business. And so often health takes yeah. a health, health takes the back seat. Other things too take the back seat, whether like that purpose and meaning, call it spirituality, call uh -huh. it religion, call uh -huh. it whatever you want to call it. Um, relationships outside of uh, your intimate relationship. Totally. Just connection. You know, because it's really important to have a sense of community outside of your partnership, right? Yes. You know, and so that can sometimes take a back burner and then you see people that mm -hmm. start to feel depressed or, or, you know, that. And, you know, there's, there's other areas. You know, somebody can be really good in their career, but they can be financially bankrupt, right? Yeah. They could be, you know, gambling it away. You're not having any money, you know, because it's, you know, yeah. 
And so it's all about how do you create this balance, right? Totally. Yeah, how to create that balance and... So is that what you do pr pr primarily for your clients? You help them create balance? What What is it now that you've dived in and you've, you've looked at all of these things, what are you helping and doing for others? Totally, thanks. Um, yeah, a lot of it is looking at and very much identifying with that person, right? They're ambitious, they're successful, they know they can achieve things and do things because they've done it, and then there's this, why do I feel either nothing or overwhelmed or stuck or dissatisfied. So helping them gain the clarity on what is it that you want and why do you want it, uh -huh. right? Helping them identify, okay, that's great. We still want that, but let's let's take that need or that desire over here because it seems like maybe it's you know better set here. So really getting clarity on what is it that they want, identifying if there's any fear, if any of the decisions are really being made fear-based, if they are going back in, you know, sometimes... Yeah. I think one of the big things too, sometimes people will ask me, what's the difference between coaching and therapy? And I feel just from my own experience and, and at least in my work, and you okay. tell me your thoughts, is that therapy, when I was in therapy, traditional, I did a lot of backwards, mm -hmm. you know, which totally I believe in. It has helped me. You know, I've done lots of therapy and I love it. With coaching, I feel like it's more of a forward focus of yeah. where do I want to be going? And when we hit those little hurdles or that block and we realize that it's from the past, we go back there for a second, we work to heal that, yeah. repair that, unearth that, and then again, doing it to move us to where you want to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of focus forward yes. and accountability mm -hmm. and a lot of planning and action. Totally. Like a coach is very much invested in helping where in my opinion, the therapist is more listening and allowing, mm -hmm. you know? Totally. And Which, so again, I think very valid and have an amazing, important role. And, again, you know, I've done a ton of that. Um, but, yeah, so really looking at where do they want to be and what do they desire to have in yeah. all areas and then getting clear on, okay, is fear in there? Where is that operating? Are there limiting beliefs? Is there mindset? What's, what's the pattern? Yeah. What's the habit? And it, it always blows my mind, and it's funny for me, too. Um, how often there's a pattern or a habit that we're oblivious to. <laughs> you know, for me, I remember when I first started my journey, someone's like, oh, has this ever happened to you before? And I'm like, this is so outrageous. How could you even ask me if it's ever happened before? Because it was this really crazy situation, right? And I was like, oh. You want to share what it was? <laughs> I was like, actually. I mean, it's happened several times where I'm like, no, it's never happened to me before. And then I'm like, oh, actually, that exact same thing happened to me at high school. You know, like... You know, crazy and yeah. just realizing, okay, so what role am I playing in this or where am I creating or where am I sabotaging to make that happen? And so really, yeah, again, that clarity, where is it they want to be? And then going in like on a deep dive to really break through anything that's preventing them from getting there. Yeah. And I like that of taking ownership. I think that that's what mm -hmm. one of the points that you were kind of alluding around is, is taking that and saying, where have I done this or where have this happened to me or where it, you know, because I think a lot of times people play the victim card. I totally, you know? I did even, you know, like we, we all have it at a certain yeah. point, but a lot of times I think what prevents people from moving forward is realizing that in every single situation, even the worst, most horrible situations of their life, there's a threat of responsibility for them. For sure. You know, and, and just if you start with a threat, yeah. hopefully you can take to at least 50% responsibility, mm -hmm. but at least a threat, totally. right? You know, and whether, you know, you 
you went to someplace that you didn't didn't think that you were going to, or that you should have went to, whether that you, um, you know, a person was an asshole to you, but you engaged with them and you're like, well, how did this person wrong me and do mm-hmm. all these horrible things? But then what in it did you continue to engage in that relationship or that problem or that situation? Where were you responsible for even allowing that individual to enter into your life? Where were you, you know, like, even if you have to go back to that type of aspect. Totally. Right. And what I love about that too, and sometimes people will be resistant to when I say the, you know, how, what was your role or how do you create it? And I don't mean that in a bad way because that doesn't justify someone's actions that did something oh, wrong yeah, or no. cruel or, you know. But from a place of the the only place that we can begin to really take action and have power is that place of ownership, right? Yeah. And so it's not about saying that something what something may have been done to you, but being able to say, okay, where can I now do something about it? Or yeah. what role did I play? Because from that place is where you're able to make that change and well, there, actually you, do something about it. You go from being in the back seat mm-hmm. to the driver's seat. Yeah. And then, you know, empowerment into the future is believing that you have control over the future, right? Exactly. But if you feel like you didn't have any control over the past or any influence over the past you're going to be less likely to feel that you can actually take charge of the now because then you're going to feel that there's things outside of you that are going to have power over you yeah other people hide which is scary because that's scary right that, yeah. that thought and feeling is like a scary place but and I remember one of the things too is you know I feel like the victim card can be a little sneaky because I had had situations where you know I had been sexually assaulted and and other things that nobody should go through I had had done to me. And it wasn't, again, how did I create that, but really sitting in a place of identifying with it, identifying with these things that had been done to me versus what can I do about this or what can I do different moving forward? Yeah. You know? And what could have I done Mm -hmm. differently or what, you know, like, and it's not like nobody should ever have to go through that. Mm -hmm. But it's where do you, where, where in that to some extent could you see that you could have control in the future? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's all. It's, it's, it's an empowering stance. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't change the aspect. It doesn't, it doesn't say that the person's behavior is okay in any way, shape, or form. It says, no, that's horrible. They're shitty. They're a piece of shit. They're, mm-hmm. they're a bad human. But what are you, you going to do? Because if you keep on giving them power, then that one incident that affected you then is going to continue to affect you now and going to continue to affect you in the future. And at some level, we have to disconnect. Totally. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I feel like that was a so much of it, you know. So it's been such a journey, and yeah, it's always fun, and it's always. I think one of the things that's interesting, I'm sure you see this too, is you know a client will come to you, and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I did that exact same thing. Let me, let me help hold your hand, you know. And a big piece for me when it came with you, know, I never even knew that coaching was really a thing. I knew that I wanted to help women originally the idea started support them in some way I had had an eating disorder I was bulimic for 10 years and Mm -hmm. I was um raped in college and I feel like both those things were not talked about and I was somebody that was very vocal I thought and very strong until they happened and then you just want to like hide and bury it and let it go away um but so I knew that I wanted to do something to help women and then it kind of morphed into this oh coaching that's a thing you know, but what's so interesting and I, I love every day is being able to help people through this, the same stuff that you've been through and usher them through it faster and with more ease, you know, to get yeah, them yeah. 
where not having the pain as fast. Yeah, you know, to end pain and suffering, right? If we can share some of these tools to help people, you know, whether it's gaining the clarity or eliminating the fear, you know, not having fear be in the driver's seat, which for me was such a long such yeah. a majority of my life realizing that I was not in charge. You know, I had the fear piece in charge. I had some victimhood of this had been done to me. Woe is me. And really being able to like stand up and get clear. And yeah. So helping clients, I mean, it's been amazing and awesome, but yeah, gain clarity on where they want to be, identify what's holding them back, remove it, and then strategize a plan of action and schedule those items <laughs> to, to get it done and get it accomplished. Yeah. And on top of all of that, besides just the coaching piece, I know that you've studied some hypnosis mm -hmm. now, you've uh, also done energy work. So, I mean, what are all the things that you do and that you work on with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So it first started out, it was business coaching because I had been a business owner and I felt like, you know, none of that mushy stuff. Like, we're just going to... I just help you run your business. I get that. Entrepreneurship has always been, it actually was something that I didn't really think was a talent because it was so obvious to me. I thought it was obvious to everyone. And I was like, that's not really a skill. And then I realized that sometimes I would share ideas and people were like, how'd you know how to do that? I'm like, how did you not know how to do that? I'm like, oh, am I good at this? You know, so it started with that and then it morphed into, yes, I did, um, like formal training, which was more psychology based, like life coaching, like training. And then through that, I've done hypnotherapy and timeline therapy and neuro-linguistic programming. So I got certified in that. For me- Going it, down the rabbit hole. Yeah, for me, it's really this, how can I have more tools in my bag to, to produce profound, powerful change as quick as possible? You know, like how could I take somebody in a deep dive, identify where are you, what's holding you back, and essentially a weekend later or something, really leave them transformed, whether that's working, you know, an intensive in person like for a weekend or a series of, you know, one-on-one -on -one sessions or something like that. But so, yeah, and so then I've done energy work now. I don't even know where to call what modality, you know, because they're like, oh, Reiki? And I'm like, well, it's not Reiki. It's not pranic healing. It's not shamanic healing. It was kind of a blend of a woman that I had worked with. And I loved the results that I saw with her and her training me in her method. So again, Got helping you. to identify where blocks are and help get into the emotion and basically release and free up the emotion. So it's interesting too. I feel like the more I study, if we're talking like the spiritual woo-woo side and the psychology side, almost the deeper I go in both of them, a lot of parallel. You know, saying oh, the, yeah. they're saying the same thing, they're just calling it something different. <laughs> you know, and and they're doing it by this one way, which is exactly the same as over here. You know, so for me it's yeah. just really cool. I think too, a lot of my training at first stemmed from yes, wanting to help, but also a place of insecurity of am I qualified to do this? Well, and you were going through your own stuff. So as you heal and you learn, you were shedding and transforming yourself, putting you in even a better position to serve. Absolutely. So and that's really where a lot of it started is like, okay, I'm just gonna let's put this in here and fix this up. And as I did, you know, learning some things and like, oh, okay, I could do that. Yeah, so a lot of it came for, and when I started doing the energy work, that was selfish because I was thinking, how do I do this for myself, you know? Which is fine. I mean, that's where, you know, people, people start. The, mm -hmm. There's a curiosity. I mean, like, it, it would be no different than if somebody's learning to play like music, they're learning because they love it. And then they end up performing for others. Right. Yeah. You know, like 
it's it's the same thing. Somebody's fascinated with chemistry and different things, and they're doing concoctions, and then they start to create formulas for the world, yeah. right? You love, know, that, like, love that analogy. Yeah, because again, you know, it's still a constant work in progress. I think we joke sometimes. I'm like, am I there yet? <laughs> to the top of the mountain. And sometimes I'll hear that from my clients, you know. I'm like, listen, as soon as you get to the top of that perceived mountain, you're going to see the higher one up there, you know. So being patient and enjoying the journey as well. Yeah. And having grace and patience. But I notice that too, you know, sometimes too. I'm like, what would I, what would I say to a client? You know, because I still have my stuff. You know, it's still oh, yeah. a journey. I in no way, shape, or form. Before Tony Robbins made that documentary, I'm Not Your Guru, I was like, I'm going to do a course called I'm Not Your Guru. And then he announced he made a movie. And I was like, well, maybe I'm really good at marketing because I thought that was a good <laughs> idea too. You know, but just to say, because yes, I can help people and I have these tools and this experience and it absolutely lights me up and is my joy to take them from somewhere of stuck dissatisfaction or worse. You know, those are some emotions that can be almost neutral, but you know, in a place of pain to a place of like joy and triumph and fulfillment, which I think is our born given right to, to be an experience. And I know what it's like to not have that. Or to almost have like tastes or maybe you remember what that sort of was like. But to be able to like take people and walk them through that and towards that is just, it's the coolest thing. I know you know. Yeah. But yeah. That's awesome. Well, Sam, where can people find you? Yeah. So I have a website. They can always reach me there. Which is? To make it complicated, it's Sam with two M's. (laughs) Murphy. So that's (laughs) S-A-M-M-M-U-R-P-H-Y. Dot com. So, so make sure there's three M's So in there. three M's all together. And on Instagram, it's at underscore Sam Murphy. Three M's. Again, three M's in there. Uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook. It's at Sam Murphy Success. Yeah. yeah. So any of those places and... Yeah, I don't and know hopefully you'll be doing some stuff with us here. Yeah, I'd love to do some stuff up here. So hopefully, you know, do a workshop or do something. But yes, anybody, a lot of, most of my work is done virtually. I love doing the yeah. in-person stuff. But yeah, so no matter where you are, if you want some help or support, please reach out. No matter where you are, you can find you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So various stuff. So group stuff, retreats, one-on-one. So if you're in need of support and you feel called, please reach out. Love to hear from you. Now, what would you leave everybody with? One thing. One word of wisdom, words of wisdom. One word, okay. No, no, words. It can words, be, okay, give me more, I'm like, a be, word. It could be a sentence, it could be a paragraph. Joy. Um, you know, one thing that I like to often ask when I speak is, when did you stop believing it wasn't possible for you? And really getting hmm. curious about that. Because so often we don't even realize it, we're not aware of it, but somewhere along the road, we have told ourselves that that's either not for us or it's not possible based on what we saw with our parents or, Mm. you know, for some reason, somewhere in there, we've inserted that belief or that programming that we can't have both or we can't have one or you can do it, but I can't do it. And letting people know several words and letting people know that if there is a desire in there, God didn't put that in to taunt you. It's because you can have it if you want it and it's meant for you. So if you feel yourself being called to something or having that desire, knowing that it's there to show you what's possible and just finding some support around how, what are the first steps to take? Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. 
Well, thank you so well, much for having you. me. It's been so amazing. It's been great. We'll have you again. We'll talk, talk yes. about another journey, another thing. Yes. Something. Get in more details. Um, thank you, everybody, for you know tuning in. Make sure that you like, comment, all that stuff. And, you know, that's it. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.